Fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> All right. I don't know. Here we go. What's up? Welcome to Sharks Across Hollywood. This is Halloween again, 2020. This is our second week. Last week we did a good movie. This week we're not so lucky. I honestly wanted to like it. I wanted I wanted the reviews that I saw to be just them picking on shit. It's not. So the movie we're talking about is called XX and it's this female fronted or female helmed I guess. I don't really know. All four segments are directed by females. Now I really wanted to like it. I really did and I gave it a very objective look. I, I decided not to listen to all the all the negative reviews and went into it not blind necessarily but this movie is not very good everybody. No. No, it's not. I'm sorry to say it has its bright spots. There are a few moments yeah. in the film that I think are strong. I think the interstitial uh, narrative, it was really interesting and it was probably the most interesting part of the movie. Although I wouldn't call it horror. I would call it Neil Gaiman level dark art. You yeah, know, I like the poster. Yeah, the poster is cool. The poster's cool with that, like, lips and the skull. And it's called XX because, you know, the female chromosomes and all that. Four deadly tales by four killer women. Are they killing you with boredom? Because that's <laughs> that's what I felt like. This movie is 80 minutes long. 80 minutes. And it feels like two and a half hours. Mm, yeah. So why don't we... <laughs> get we'll get right into it i watched this movie once okay i didn't take any notes i had every intention to come back yesterday actually the day before recording this and watch it again but i watched it on saturday and then i got done i walked upstairs and i told rachel i said that movie was fucking awful and she's like are you sure you're not just being overly critical i'm like no i'm not and I don't want to. I don't want to spend the whole time shit talking the movie. But needless to say, I didn't want to watch it a second time. So you know what I did after I watched it the first time? I watched a bunch of reviews so I could remember what the hell I watched. <laughs> oh, because <laughs> that's what our show had needed—a little less originality. <laughs> Not, not so I could steal their ideas so I could remember what I saw. Oh, no. I totally I totally get where you're coming from, man. The funny thing is, it was almost exactly the same for me. I, the days were different, but I watched it and fully intended to watch it again before the show. And then I was like, man, I don't want to fucking sit through that again. That was boring as hell. <laughs> Uh, and even with the bright spots, and, and, and like I said, there were bright spots. I will talk about them, but yeah, it was just a slog. I'd rather watch Power Rangers, let me tell you. So let's start breaking it down. We did something similar last year with uh, VHS where we talked about the framing device first because that, that was actually a good framing device. And it's not really explicitly stated that those guys were watching all those things in that creepy guy's basement or whatever, but it kind of felt like that. So that was cool. But in this, you have this really weird, but kind kind of awesome stop motion thing with a bunch of like severed doll parts and like a face in a house or some shit sort of like an anthropomorphic house it's uh yeah it's creepy and it's you know kind of like i said neil gaiman style creepy uh you know think like Coraline, that kind of a thing yeah. but stop mo stop motion yeah i really enjoyed that part that was probably the thing i enjoyed the most about the movie yeah aesthetically that was cool it was directed by sophia carrillo and she 
I checked out her IMDb and it's pretty much all short films. I don't know if they're all stop motion like that, but it's all a bunch of short kind of weird seeming horror stuff. So, so we're definitely on brand. At least we have a horror director. I wouldn't call this horror. No, I would definitely, I would definitely put it in the, you know, it's horror adjacent for sure, but it's not scary in any kind of a way. And it doesn't, it doesn't even really have anything like there's nothing in it that you wouldn't put in like a G or at very worst, a PG rated movie. Yeah. This movie is rated R, isn't it? Or is it oh, like rated? Like, I don't mean the stories. The stories had some, some <laughs> okay. of that stuff, but, but that interstitial was all very, you know, I mean, it was family friendly. If it was taken as a short film by itself, you wouldn't mind letting your kids watch it. It'd be a little creepy, but that's kind of, you know, it's kind of creepy in a good way, like Beetlejuice or uh, yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas or Coraline. But uh, I do have an issue with Coraline. I'm not one of those ones one of those people who's always like the book is better but the Coraline in the movie is a bratty little shithead <laughs> and in the book she's such a sweetheart and it's really annoying watching the movie <laughs> <laughs> I have not read the book. I've only seen the movie. Although I am a Neil Gaiman fan, you'd think I'd have read the book by now. Yeah, she's a she's a pain in the ass, and I I much want I read rather go read the book. It's just better. And again, I don't like doing that. I don't like being that guy. But I am going to be that guy for this this one here. This is the one that I think the first story here is the one that had the most potential because I really like the idea. So I think that's because it's um it's based on a Jack Ketchum story, and Jack Ketchum writes some really interesting stories. You know what I read that story and Javanka I think her name Vukovic has a written by credit as well as the directing credit but she didn't write shit it's almost (laughs) verbatim the short story I will say that about Ketchum his work translates really well to the screen the only difference is is the point of view character is the mom in the in the short film and it's the dad in in the book in the short story question did they switch the characters like attitudes and motivations because the Mom was acting way more like a dad. A little bit. Dad was acting way more like a mom. Yeah, like the mom's yeah, the point of view character Liz is the dad in the story, and he is the one who survives everybody instead of the mom. And he's the one who keeps eating. And the mom in the story though doesn't stop eating because her kids aren't eat or because like she finds out what's in the box or whatever. And we'll get to that kind of weird stuff. But she stops eating, I guess, because she wants to support her kids and like feel what they're feeling or some shit so i didn't really like the story either like it's a fantastic idea i Uh, liked the story i the trouble was the execution i really really didn't like the face of the dude who they got to play the dad he just had the most punchable (laughs) face you've ever seen i have the i have the movie playing right now just so i can make sure i know what the hell i'm talking about and yeah he is pretty punchable you know before we get too deep into it so the first story is called the box by the way again directed by javanka vukovic and you know what? It's not just this story. It's something that spans the entire anthology. They have two credit sequences for each movie. And it seems like what happened was is they went to short film festivals and just picked up short films and then put them together into a movie. And then because they have like a little, you know, they go from the interstitial to a title card that tells you the title of the movie and a credit for who it was directed and written by. And then you watch the movie and every movie has opening credits. It's like, why didn't you just leave the opening credits to stand for themselves, you know? or edit out the opening credits and so that it, it dovetailed. I don't know. That was a weird that was a weird creative choice and it immediately threw me off a little bit. Huh, I didn't even think about that. I just kinda I don't watch a lot of anthology films, so I figured that it was they were all just kinda like that. Not at all. Well having you know, like having a title card or something like that is not unusual. It's also, you know, like I wouldn't necessarily say it's the norm either. It's 
sort of like, uh, you know, maybe 30% of the time, something like that. I don't know. But to have a title card and then a credit sequence, very strange. The concept of the box is in the movie, a mom and two of her kids. And she's like, it's hard to hang out with your kids on Christmas and blah, blah, blah. They're on a train going back home from Christmas shopping or something in the city. And there's this creepy looking dude who kind of looks like Popeye, like Robin Williams version of Popeye. <laughs> Yeah, I guess a little and, bit. I didn't think about it. And he's just sitting on the train with this big, shiny fucking red box. And the little boy is like, hey, man, uh, what's in the box? And the mom's like, shut the hell up. Mind your own damn business, kid. And she slaps him. I, I, she <laughs> she should have. She didn't, though. <laughs> he's like, no, uh, what, what's in the box? And the guy's like, it's a present. Oh, oh, a present. Okay. And then finally the kid bugs him just enough to where the guy like opens the corner and the kid peeks in and he's smiling and smiling and then he looks at it and then just dead faced what's in it what's in the box right there i'm going to have brad pitt screaming what's in the box because i have to what's in the box what's in the fucking box and what is in the box despair i don't know nobody fucking knows they never <laughs> tell us what's in the box that's a good thing i don't think that they should tell us what's in the box but you know it's not an interesting enough movie like you have to have strong performances if you're gonna if you're gonna base the entire narrative around a question that's never answered you know you got to have really strong performances and the actors in this were not strong performers the mom was a decent actress but yeah the kid and the dad not so much after they get off the train the family's sitting around the dinner table it's all really good stuff they focus really heavily on how awesome the food is it's a rich white family so oh yeah there's chicken mashed potatoes green beans corn on the cob everything has like a pad of butter on it like like rich people uh cookbooks and stuff all the food in this episode would it would you call it an episode this this portion of the anthology yeah. <laughs> looks absolutely fucking delicious like they really went above and beyond to make it tempting i guess just to drive home the point about what how truly fucked up whatever this kid, whatever happened to this kid was to make him not want to eat it the daughter's being super annoying in that scene too it really has no bearing on the plot but she's like she has mashed potatoes on her fork and they're just like covering the entire fork and she's just taking little bites off of it and the kid gets up because he's like i'm not hungry and they're just like all right cool and and you would right you don't want to be like eat that shit because you know that doesn't help anything you know you give your kid one eat it whatever it's like you know go to bed but the dad's like i want i want those teeth brushed i'm on a, i have a caffeine sugar rush going also so right now my <laughs> i'm just going a million miles a minute i don't know if you can fucking tell oh and now there's ribs and baked potatoes with sour cream and shit and the kid's like i'm not hungry we'll get back to that annoying little girl later let's not but most of the movie is just them sitting at a table and the kid going i don't want to eat anything and the dad going like well what the fuck why not okay fine fine go to bed then whatever until finally the dad loses his goddamn mind he's like just eat you little piece of shit fuck you eat the one moment where he was really like a dad <laughs> right and then they take him to the doctor and i couldn't help but kind of laugh because i'm sick the doctor's like well hey you need to eat and the kid's like fucking why though and then the doctor gives the boomerist fucking response to that because they're starving people in africa i hate that <laughs> well so in, in fairness he says all over the world all over the world he didn't say africa you're right you're right and if you don't eat you'll die and the kid just goes so <laughs> and again see it's really cool and the kid is kind of annoying but he's also kind of creepy and he does that creep thing well by being an emotionless child in that particular scene he is 
he is pretty good like his so i believe he literally doesn't give a shit like this is another one of those where part of me wants to be like what's in the fucking box why don't you just tell us what's in the box and then the, the part of me that knows better is like no we we don't need to know what answer could they give that was satisfying anyway the only answer that would be satisfying was something that actually made you lose all interest in eating and being alive you know that is really funny because that that's the third this is the third episode in the in a row where that thing literally came up we're like what's in the potion that they drink in big trouble in little china you're like oh no answer's good enough and then it comes at night i can't even remember the fucking question but no answer's good enough oh like what's happening what's, out in the world what's the disease good? what's yeah. in the woods you know like what yeah what's killing everybody so after the kid and the annoying doctor get done oh my god this fucking doctor oh also the parents wait five fucking days for the to take the kid to the hospital <laughs> to take the kid to the doctor yeah to the doctor uh, wow like i give you one night maybe two until i actually start to worry no i'd be i'd be slightly concerned by night two but if by day three the kid wasn't eating i'd be like all right we need to get a professional involved there's something fucked up here yeah five days these parents are fucking terrible so that night again you know more more eating and or not eating and the brother and the sister are hanging out together you know they're just talking and whispering and giggling and then the next day what happens the daughter isn't eating now now she's not hungry like what well there's kind of a moment when the mom walks in on them chatting with each other oh yeah yep. they both give the you know she's like what you guys talking about and they both just give the guiltiest nothing like oh you know they were definitely talking about some shit that they don't want mom to know about for sure but yeah she's not hungry and now and then i think this is the scene where it's it's the scene now where both of the parents are sitting at the dinner table alone you know without without the kids and the dad's like aren't you the least bit concerned like how can you eat when our kids are fucking starving right now and mom's like well i gotta eat don't i which is such a role reversal i mean (laughs) like she was basically my dad in that scene (laughs) and he was basically my mom which is also true fuck those kids if they're not going to eat i will (laughs) exactly (laughs) Because that's a that's that's what I would have said. You know, I would have been eaten just like normal. I it's it's just very strange. Like it doesn't surprise me that you said no. They reversed the roles of those characters for the movie. Like oh, it it immediately made sense because that was what I was thinking while I was watching it. I was like, this is really weird the way the mom's acting like a dad and the dad's acting like a mom. You know, which isn't to say that moms and dads all act the same, but I mean generally that's you know that's kind of that's kind of generally how it happens you know like evolution and stuff you know like males evolved an ability to separate themselves from their families because we had to go out and do the things that would get us killed because we're men but that you know like like the ones who could successfully do that had a better chance of survival consequently their dna got passed on consequently their male children took on their attitudes and you know evolution they're kind of assholes right a little bit yeah yeah there's some truth to the idea that men are dicks we are yeah. we are a little bit so speaking of men being dicks uh the dad goes in and talks to the son and he's like he's even he's now like what what was in the fucking box why don't you tell me or some shit i don't remember how the conversation went again i only watched this once because this movie was fucking stupid <laughs> But I do know that the kid whispers in his ear and then all of a sudden dad is dead faced also and he's not eating. So at that point, you know, like it's it's honestly my big question was, well, how long until it's all of them? But uh, strangely, uh, dad manages to uh, keep his composure and not share it with mom. And right. And neither do the kids. But this is where I this is the scene where I'm like, holy fuck, that would have been that, that would have been a cool ending. Just end it right fucking there. Mom's sleeping. Right. And there's a close up on her 
face right now and I think it's gonna it's gonna pan down and it's gonna pan down to the family eating her I'm like what the fucking box turns them into like cannibalistic crazy people no we're not that fucking lucky <laughs> also I don't oh, think it was a dream yeah, sequence that scene wasn't in the wasn't in the story which is a bummer that was actually probably the best scene in the you know like like in terms of like just visceral satisfaction yeah you know like that yeah. was almost almost satisfying but they had to go and fuck it up by making it a dream sequence yep and then you know we get another interminable probably five i don't know it could have been five it could have been 20 more minutes i have no idea mom's smiling because she's finally her family's finally eating so in her mind this is a good thing but no it cuts to christmas it cuts to christmas just hard cut black screen white text christmas everybody except her mom looks all emaciated and sad with some uh some very questionable cgi in that one it was not terribly convincing and at this point in history i feel like if you're gonna lay it on with cgi you need to need to step up your game because can't tell it apart from reality is sort of like the minimum bar for entry at this point it looks like the little boy has corpse paint on and he probably does but yeah it's a little it's a little weird but everybody's getting all getting along they're all happy none of the clothes fit because they're all skinny because they're nobody's eating and of course the little boy hands mom a shiny red box and guess what nothing comes of that she doesn't open it nothing fucking happens well that's the point at which mom remembers the guy with the red box and connects the dots well and then she's like do you remember that day on the train what's inside the box and he's like nothing nothing was inside the box and mom kicks the shit out of him because i just assumed that she's gonna do that (laughs) See, you know, what could have saved that scene and given us a little bit, like just a little bit of an answer, and I thought they were going to do it and they didn't do it, is when the mom says, you mean it was empty? If the kid had then said, this is, this would have been my rewrite, have the kid then say, no, it was nothing. Ooh, oh, I I like it. I like it. It's still some mystery, but yeah. Yeah, like it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been explicit enough to take all the mystery out of it but it would have given us something you know i just really wish they were cannibals that would have been cool too i mean (laughs) that would have been a great way to end it it would have probably been a little too left field for them to go with it but oh that's the that's the way i like it though i love taking a concept and going like for a few minutes and everybody thinks oh this is gonna be this is gonna be normal and then all of a sudden fucking boom cannibals zombies whatever There's a dog humping a cat. Why? Why not? Did I ever tell you about that? Uh, I had a short story. Well, short story. It was a long short story. But I had a short story that I tried to sell in. uh, I tried to sell it everywhere. Everywhere that would take a story of that length, I tried to sell it. Nobody would buy it. And the funny thing is, is I got nothing but good feedback on it. Like I got got letters from publishers and stuff talking about how great it was, but we're sorry we can't, you know? And I don't mean like, I don't mean just form letters. I mean, like where they actually wrote something outside of the form letter then one pu- one publisher actually wrote me back and they were like yeah the twist at the end is just too hard they were like it's just it's just too much of a left turn you know so i don't know you know like maybe people just can't handle a hard twist like that because i did set my twist up it's not like if you go back through the text the indicators aren't there you know but yeah like they just they just really didn't like a twist that hard and uh that's probably indicative of the reasoning why people don't do those kind of things in in movies that are attempting to be successful anyway well it wasn't so i don't know why they didn't 
Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's not like you would call this movie a rousing success. Oh, the budget, by the way, was all apparently only $2, two million. So you got to give them credit for, I assume, like, each person got, like, $500,000. Unless, unless your theory is correct and they just kind of poached a bunch of short films and threw them all together. That would be my guess. I don't know. Just because um, the quality is very uneven and they don't feel like they were made to be part of a cohesive whole. They feel like they were each made entirely separate from each other. Yeah, there really is no connective tissue other than female-led and female-helmed things. Yeah. And here, you know what the really funny, like the funny and tragic part of this movie is? I was watching for it. This movie fails the Bechdel test. Does it? Yes. At, at no point are there two female characters who have a conversation that doesn't involve men. Yeah. Actually, the next the next story and the last one are basically about men. They hinge on upon a man existing. Yeah, like the entire story hinges upon a dude. And then the yeah. ones that don't hinge upon a guy, the second lead is a dude. Oh, that, yeah, I, did, I didn't even think about that. To finish this one off, after the Christmas scene, they're all in the hospital. The three of them are on ventilators. For some reason, like, I don't know how they all caught up to the boy. It went like, uh, you know, the daughter was like a week after the boy because she started like a week after him. Right, I guess so. The dad hung on for like another two weeks or three weeks or something like that. So although, you know, it is a it is a little a little strange that, well, if they're, you know, if he hung on that much longer, why is he in the hospital when the boy's dying? (laughs) You know, he's on a ventilator, too. You would think he wouldn't be that far gone yet. They all kind of go in sequence like obviously the boys first the girls second then the then the dad hangs on for a few more weeks and then he's also dead so it's just the mom by herself now catching the train back and forth from the hospital every day hoping to see the man with the red box the end the end and nothing happened and it was very disappointing it's a great premise that um yeah, yeah it unfortunately it unfortunately just the performances and the uh the cinematography wasn't terrible no that was okay you can tell she has had some experience i would call it good you know like it looked like the product of a low budget unfortunately i don't know if it was the lighting or you know that they just had a limited number of takes they couldn't play around with the camera as much as they wanted probably a combination of those things yeah it just doesn't look as professional as you'd want it to i have to believe with a slightly higher budget she'd be capable of a lot better things okay so that that brings us to the end of that let's oh god that that was the box Eh. i wish we could talk our way through the interstitial but it's so nebulous you know like there's not really a there's not really a clear narrative or anything it's just these kind of cool creepy art pieces of this house moving around and doing its things and in the end we see that it was doing something but it's not like there's a clear delineation between what it does in the opening and then what it does after the box and then what it does after the second story you know like there's not a clear step one step two step three step four yeah the house is just kind of running around this yeah. bigger house. Yeah, and it's interesting to watch, and uh, it's very moody, and I really, I, I genuinely enjoyed it, but I couldn't tell you what it was about. No, there's cockroaches and model toys, I guess. Baby doll heads, which is creepy just for the sake of being creepy, I think. Rotten apples and uh, disemboweled dolls. Well, I guess I guess you would say uh, eviscerated dolls, because the viscera is not there anymore, although it never was. You know, it's a doll. It was just stuffing, but a dead bird macabre images pretty much very interesting i i would like to see that just sort of as a standalone piece yeah actually uh here it is let's fucking move on to the goddamn worst one of the four the birthday party oh fuck me yes you know 
what? I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I think this was the best one of the four. Oh, but I, no. here, but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. It doesn't work as a horror movie. It works as a comedy. Doesn't work as that for me either. I felt like it worked as a comedy. I was sort. I sort of looked at it. Started about halfway through looking at it as a comedy, and that's the point at which I started to enjoy it. And then the ending. The ending. If you're looking at it as a dark comedy, the ending is fucking hilarious. Okay, I'll pretend. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we were going to disagree on this one. I, I I had a feeling because as soon as I came away from it, I thought, eh, yeah, I might I might be a man alone. Annie Clark. Now I need to. So it was written by Roxanne Benjamin and Annie Clark. It was directed by Annie Clark, who I don't think had ever directed anything before. She has worked on soundtracks because she is a musician. She's a musician and she goes by the name of Saint Vincent. I love her. I have never heard her music or anything and I hope it's better than her directing. Her music is really good. (laughs) She did some stuff with lead singer The Talking Heads. David Byrne. Fuck. David Byrne from The Talking Heads. Yeah, her and him did an album together. Good for fucking her. Go back to music, please. I disagree. I... (laughs) Like I said, this was my favorite of the uh, four. Let's get into it, and maybe maybe you can you can sway me. So this one's called the birthday party. To me, it's it's this woman. She has said Annie Clark. She has said horror scares her too much, so she doesn't like horror movies. So she decided instead of making a horror movie to make a dark comedy instead. I know. I I, I get it. I I get it. That's not the that's not my issue. My issue is that it's just not funny and i know that's subjective so it's not funny to me it's just it's just a woman making a really dumb decision and i'm like why why though i understand it i totally get it it's because you do what you have to do to to try and spare your kids horrible things you know like i i had to do that when my mom died i actually but you didn't you didn't have her body and dance it around and like put no, it in a panda I, suit and fuck up your kid's birthday party obviously this is taken <laughs> to a very to a very extreme degree in order to facilitate the comedy but you know when my mom died I, I was at the doctor I was at the doctor's office with my son he was feeling he wasn't feeling well and had me take him into the urgent care clinic and my aunt called me while I was sitting in the waiting room with him and uh, I I got up and I walked out into the hall and she told me my mom died when she first got on I thought for sure my grandma had died because she was like you need to sit down <laughs> And I was like, oh, fuck. And she was like crying. I could hear it. And she told me my mom died, which was out of fucking nowhere. No one expected that. And I didn't have all my kids with me. And I didn't want to have to tell them one by one, you know, and have it unfold over the course of several hours. So what I did is I just sucked it up and I pretended like nothing was wrong. And I acted like nothing was wrong. And I just I went into the doctor with my son and we had a normal day. And then I went and I took my son to he had I can't remember what he had to do. And then my other son had to do like Taekwondo dough or something and then my daughter had a had a cello recital and i i did it all and then when we all got home together and we were all together i told him my daughter actually thought she was like that's not funny dad you know like she thought i was fucking with him and i was like no i'm i know that's not funny and she was like but if but if that happened why aren't why aren't you crying and i just kind of had to explain to him like well i didn't want to break down and start crying while you're you know but i wanted to tell you and offer my support to you before i had before i really let it process and uh so that's what i did and so i understand where she's coming from in this story you know it's her daughter's birthday she doesn't want her daughter's birthday to be fucked up by oh yeah your dad killed himself i will okay i'm on your side for that for that thing but (laughs) the issue here is he was in the house that the birthday party is gonna be in maybe comedy is it (laughs) 
maybe it's comedy maybe be like hey i think we're gonna move the party to next weekend uh because this happened you're gonna go with the maid she could she could have like maid lady take my kid somewhere for me it's her take her do something birthday fun call the ambulance get all that shit sorted out get the dead yeah. body out of the fucking house don't put it in a panda suit and traumatize by doing that she traumatized her daughter forever instead of like oh yes. no i have a fucked up birthday party my dad died whoops but also no, he was a prick what, so it doesn't matter you know what she did she gave her daughter a great trauma story she gave her daughter a lifetime of therapy yes yes she did <laughs> She made her daughter a more interesting person that day. Oh, I yeesh. <laughs> <laughs> and it does like this is an it is very subjective. This is one of those things is like some people are going to think it's funny. I'm going to think it's not. No, no, I but think I if you it. rewatched it, I here's my take, all right? And this may or may not be true, but this is this is my thought. You went into this expecting a horror story, and you definitely didn't get that. I think the disappointment of that plus the inadequacy of the prior story had tainted your view up to this point and you weren't able to turn it around and enjoy this movie for what it is and i think if you give it a little time and then go back and rewatch just this segment i think you'll enjoy it a lot more don't wanna (laughs) (laughs) well that's fair that's fair you know i i definitely uh can't make you want to do it and i wouldn't try to make you want to do it yeah if i could just if i could just watch this as a standalone without having to fast forward and you know get my get the timing right and everything through all the rest of the movie i would i would absolutely watch it again like i said i get it i totally understand why it's supposed to be funny and all that shit maybe i'm just old and boring i think like i've (laughs) i've gotten to a point well i'm watching there's a show called utopia on amazon prime and i don't know if you've heard of it but it's about these comic book nerds and it was it was uh adapted for american tv by jillian flynn you know gone girl and sharp objects sharp objects oh really uh is great by the way uh but this movie this show is not based on any of her books it's based on a british tv show as you know americans are wont to do they fucking right because british people are smarter and more clever than we are so we bring their shit over to over to us and this it is just like hateful and mean-spirited and not and i'm like but i'm noticing it more i'm like okay so so kick ass like all the way from kick ass to now like i'm noticing more stuff is just like this is like it's it's way past pessimistic and it's just it people i think they think it's funny but it's not and <laughs> like rachel's just like you're you're you must just be more aware of it now because i see it so much and i'm like well yeah i don't want i don't want my kids to have to be that way you know so i'm like i those are things that i would actively keep from them because i'm terrible that way and <laughs> i don't i don't actively keep them from a lot of things there's a perfect letter kenny quote for this moment you're off nihilism <laughs> Yes, I'm trying to be. I'm trying. I'm a little nihilistic. That'll never go away because the world fucking sucks, but they don't need to know that. I don't want them to be like me. I want them to be happy, not like me. Like, be, be the opposite of me. No, I completely understand where you're coming from. I get it. I agree with you there. If I could help my kids be happy, you know, like if I if I could find some way to give them happiness at the at the cost of being interesting or whatever, I would do that. But unfortunately, you know, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to not be my curmudgeonly (laughs) fuck that I am. It's hard. It's hard. But that's why I go back and I watch Boy Meets World and stuff. It makes me happy. (laughs) Well, yeah, that it's good. It's good that you've got that side to you and rachel fucking hates it and it kind of makes me want to watch it more i'm like how do you not love this it's so good she's like how many times have you watched this i'm like i have watched it once all the way through but then i forgot to tell her that 
for like five years after I got home from work, I'd or before work, I'd watch it every day because it was on like for two hours every single day on like on ABC <laughs> Family or whatever, and I'd watch it every single day. That is probably my favorite show ever. So I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't have a lot of good things to say about this one. I would have, I don't know. Like I, I thought it was even. I don't even know how to word this because I feel like a dick because <laughs> I'm like I'm ruining all your fun. It's okay. Go ahead and shit on it if you want. <laughs> no, to. I but don't... like my least favorite part was the part at the end where it right after the dad okay so so the mom eventually puts oh, the it, dad you, you, oh. you know what it might not be a bad idea to give the listeners the setup of what's happening right now oh, yeah if they haven't seen it if they're listening to <laughs> I us forgot. like all right be my be my intermediary between me and the shit movie you guys watched <laughs> we should maybe at least let them know what the premise is so the premise this rich old lady wakes up after whoa, like, whoa, 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 whoa. What? She is not old. Melanie Linsky is hot. She was hot. I'm, I'm, I'm not into her in this show. Uh, she, she was cute in Detroit Rock City, but then after oh. that, she will always be Crazy Rose to me, and it's kind of creepy. Crazy Rose from what? Two and a Half Men. Oh, you see, I've never seen Two and a Half Men. So You're not missing I much. I don't know. She's in, uh, she's in the Hulu show Castle Rock, which is really fucking good. I've always and, liked her. Uh, Did you know she's British? That's super weird. What? Mm-hmm. I've never seen her play anything but American. That's she's, crazy. She's in a oh god, what's his name? One of those mumblecore guys. And I can't remember his name, but she's in one of his movies, and she has an accent, and it's it really freaks me out. Here am I? Oh, uh, New Zealand. So she's she's not British. I'm a fucking idiot. She's from New Zealand. She's a Kiwi. That's still crazy. I would have sworn she was American. Her well, accent is so good. It is. It is. And no shit, because I the, when I saw that movie, I'm like, wait, is she faking that accent? Why would they put that much effort into this? Yeah, she's not American at all. But she plays American, or you know, non. She plays North American. American characters let's say i'm just going to assume that every good movie i've seen in the past several years has been canadian anyway suffice to say uh she yeah like if anything i thought she was extra hot in this movie because she's you know walking around in that like i don't know i know it's such a you know like it's such a mom thing to be walking around in that you know that like nightgown and then the the bathrobe over it but it's a turn on for me put her in it and i already thought she was hot before this movie started so i was double there okay so this rich kind of hot lady (laughs) can we can we can we settle in the middle-aged woman she's she's a rich (laughs) middle-aged mom i don't even really remember the setup of how things i was no it's her fucking daughter's birthday we get that far and something about her husband was supposed to be out of town or something or he came in in the middle of the night or left in the middle of the night or some shit well no he came home in the middle of the night without telling her and killed himself in his office okay i do kind of like the scene where she walks in and finds him because she's like hey you didn't tell me blah blah blah. she goes over there and like hugs him and she's like oh what the fuck because he's all cold (laughs) i imagine so he killed himself with booze and pills so we don't know if it was on purpose or not yeah that's true it could have been accidental but whatever the case he did it and and then it becomes a comedy of her trying to not let it ruin her daughter's birthday party. I don't know. It worked for me. But anyway, that's the that's the premise. So that's really all you need. You know, like it, she's trying to hide this hide the fact that her husband killed himself from her daughter on her daughter's birthday and uh in the end it it all goes to hell and all is revealed and every child at that birthday party is horrifically traumatized for life undoubtedly yeah and you know all the parts are there that this should make this should be funny because that that like messenger guy shows up in the panda outfit and she's like here take this money and 
give me the fucking suit. <laughs> but then he, they have a little back and forth. He's like, no, dry cleaning, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, give me the fucking suit. And she gives him like $1,000 or something. <laughs> and two ounces of medical marijuana. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. And then <laughs> and the look on the guy's face when she says that is like, all right, I'm in. Like, yeah. like you found his kryptonite. And then she puts the dead dad in the panda outfit. Now, what possessed her to put him at the head of the table right in front of the cake? <laughs> I'll never know because bitches, man, I guess. I don't fucking know. (laughs) Here's the reason it's plausible to me is because when you're in a situation like that, because from the moment she discovers the body until the birthday party is unfolding, she does not have a moment to think. She is constantly scrambling to fix the situation. And that's the reason it works for me is because she didn't have a moment to think. If she'd had a moment to think, she would have realized what an incredibly bad idea this was, (laughs) but she didn't. And she panicked. And she did the only thing that seemed to make sense at the time. And it ended up going horrifically wrong in a, the most hilarious way possible. I don't know for me, but somebody like the cake there, like, somebody's like lighting the candles on the cake or something. And they accidentally like brush past his, the panda's head and they like knock him over and he falls down into the cake and the fucking panda head pops off or some shit and everybody no, he, he finds he the dead falls body. he falls into the cake and just mushes the cake to shit and then the maid lady or, or or his i don't know she's like a she's like an executive assistant or some shit i don't know maybe she's a nanny but whatever her role is she grabs the head of the bear and lifts it up off of the cake and it comes right off That's to right. reveal the dead dad underneath all the parts are there to make it funny it just didn't do it for me so where the fuck were we going with that i don't even remember well you were saying how i don't know i think you were saying <laughs> something about how the part you hated the most was oh oh right was at the very end after everything happened after she traumatizes her daughter and all the other kids at her party and will inevitably be at least arrested for desecrating a corpse maybe fine and it shows the title again at the end the birthday party or the memory lucy suppressed from her seventh birthday that wasn't really her mom's fault even though her therapist says it's probably why she she fears intimacy. That is not funny. That is <laughs> awful. <laughs> that was the funniest part to me. I didn't like it at all. Again, again, it's because maybe it's because uh, my kids are so young now and I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I don't want to damage them further than they already are. They're adopted. They've had enough. Yeah, you're 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 still in the you're still at the phase of their lives where you have the ability to maybe prevent some additional trauma. I'm at the point in my life where I've already fucked up my kids pretty much. Yeah, they're all like, at least teenagers. huh? Yeah, like the youngest one is 14 years old. So it's like, well, it's too late to fix things. Oh, boy. All right. We've, we've been on we've been on these first two for way too fucking long let's let's say that's the birthday party i'm done i'm done with the birthday party <laughs> let's move on don't fall is the next one so it's about a bunch of assholes who go fucking rock climbing or i guess here it says an expedition out in the desert Ugh. but one of them happens to be afraid of heights because of course so this one i can tell you is she afraid of heights i didn't get that at all that was not established for me oh no i guess yeah i it, guess she did like, say i'm afraid of heights yeah it's mentioned a little bit oh by the way this one is directed by roxanne benjamin let's see what she's done before we move on and completely rip into her about isn't she the one you said uh did some, some oh. stuff on vhs oh yeah yeah she wrote and directed this oh no wonder the only so this is the one 
Yeah, that's that's the that's the one I'm not supposed to talk about. What? The cute redhead. Oh, oh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> so Roxanne Benjamin directed this one. This is the only one that I can see being an actual feature rather than just a 20 minute short because it actually has it doesn't have a lot of substance. But for something like this, you don't need it. Yeah, that's true. I actually do kind of wish this one had gone a little bit longer so that we could have gotten you know because it takes long enough to build up that by the time it by the time we finally get the action see you know the action horror sequence it's pretty much over. I think it would have worked in a longer form setting just because it would have allowed the action to unfold a little more intensely. Yeah, but as it stands, I think this is my actual favorite one. Like as I'm as I'm thinking about it, like I wanted the first one to be the best one because it has that really cool concept that just doesn't go anywhere. But this is the one where I'm like, this is more this is more my speed. It's a bunch of idiots go on a trip, a bunch of idiots get eaten by a monster. I'm good with that. This is real by the numbers horror, but not in a bad way. It's just that in this case, I really didn't like the performers. I just didn't care for them. Not in a murder fodder sense, but in the sense of like, I just really would have preferred if they'd cast somebody else. I kind of agree. I kind of feel that way about most of the people in this movie, just in general. The performances in any of them were not very good. Like some of them tried. For the most part, I'm just like, eh. I'm still standing strong for Melanie Linsky on this one. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. So so what's this one about? This one, just a bunch of, like I said, a bunch of idiots go on an expedition out in the desert. They're, that, that's what that's what Wikipedia says. Uh, they're rock climbing, they're hiking, whatever. One of them's afraid of heights, and I guess they discover some weird cave drawings, and it looks like, they're like, hey, it's the Native Americans, and they're like, no, this is before Native Americans, and I'm like, I, okay. And there's one nerd who's like, homo, homo sapien, homo novus, whatever. Yeah, something <laughs> okay. like that. I can't remember exactly what he said, but yeah, it was something along those lines sure enough one of them gets possessed because how else is this supposed to go well that guy looks weirdly like bradley cooper that was strange who the guy with the dreadlocks and the what's his name i don't fucking know man (laughs) i'm just i just have the i have the movie playing on my screen i don't know who these fucking people are it's one of their brothers i think the two chicks are like dating each other and then they brought their brothers or friends or whatever see i was very unclear on what the relationships of everybody involved was so i was just like whatever like it honestly they really were just killer fodder because none of them were likable but again you know that wouldn't have been as much of a problem in a long form but in a short form movie there wasn't enough action to justify it yeah right like as it stands right now they're just kind of hanging out bullshitting and then they all go to sleep and i think gretchen is her name i believe gets possessed by the not wendigo but wendigo-y thing you know what whatever it is this ancient evil there's an ancient evil which do you really words. need anything else yeah honestly i mean it it would have it would have worked fine yeah. you don't need further exposition on that as long as it's killing people you know or at least terrorizing them after the point at which she gets possessed by the thing it's just over so goddamn quickly it's like two minutes or it feels like two minutes it's the only part of the movie that feels like it goes by quickly yeah it's a little it's a little sad oh my god i'm having a hard time focusing now uh my sugar rush is gone everybody oh hang on we've only got one to go i don't know is there anything is there anything that really needs to be said about this segment other than it's a good uh, it could have been a good uh uh, torture the assholes you know texas chainsaw or hatchet or you know any hills have eyes any number of a dozen movies that in which this a very similar scenario has played out it could have been one of those but i think in this case it actually got hamstrung by being too short yeah i do agree uh the practical effects were pretty good you're happy when everybody gets fucking murdered but 
other, other yes. than that, yeah, there's nothing much else to nothing much else to to latch onto there. It, they didn't really get a chance to do any cool kills, you know, so nothing really stood out. It just kind of ended up being unremarkable. But yeah, I I think that that was the fault of the length. Final segment: Her Only Living Son, directed by Karen Kusama, who also directed The Invitation and Jennifer's Body. Hey, I said that right. We've corrected it now. So yep. <laughs> What do you think of this one? Because I think it's just if Damien kind of became a shitty asshole teenager and there you go. The Omen 2.5. I don't like it. <laughs> um, I thought this was going to be the one yeah. that, you know, you know, you know, my whole thing, like I kind of like that Satan sort of sort of aesthetic. I like that stuff. It's kind of an interesting concept to be the son of Satan and all that. Oh, no, it's definitely um, there's definitely good story material there and i don't know this movie it's not like it was a bad concept it was an interesting concept but yeah i just i never connected with it i don't know maybe it was the rest of the movie up to this point had underwhelmed me so much that i was just tired and ready for it to be over i didn't feel like the acting was strong enough the the lead actress is not a bad she's not a bad actress but the supporting performers were not very good the lead actress whose name is christina kirk there were a few shots where i'm like holy shit she looks like like she should be bobbing her head playing a shitty bass line in like a 70s hair metal band or something <laughs> oh god i never thought that you know you know who i actually um i actually sort of felt like she reminded me of shit i can't remember the name of the actress but she played the the older version of the maid in season one of american horror story did you ever see that i did i did and don't remember it because eh but i i remember i vaguely remember the maid yeah she she just reminded me of her and she's not as old as she's not as old as that woman but i don't know she just kind of had a similar vibe i guess i think i'm picking it up yeah i remember i made it through the first season of american horror story and then like half of the second season because i got super fucking bored it's too long and not (laughs) interesting enough to hold my attention it has its moments but yeah i can see how i can see how you would and especially if you don't like mean stuff because yeah american horror story is pretty mean and also it's super busy like there's just too much shit going on i'm like come on oh yeah the pacing yeah the pacing has the pacing has some issues it's not like it's universally bad or something but especially in that first season it it is very busy yeah i'm like there's the modern serial killer killing the guy from maroon 5 but then he's also like the reincarnated or immortal fucking whatever of the serial maroon five that's season two that's season one no it is season two you're right is it i don't even fucking i I was so happy when he got killed came a little in my pants fuck that guy apparently he's (laughs) apparently he's a pretty nice guy so i can't really be that mean to him (laughs) i'm sure he is i'm sure he is it's just i hate their fucking music that's all Holy shit. Karen Kasama also, she didn't just direct those two movies that we keep talking about. Uh, she also directed Eon Flux, which was kind of a piece of shit. So I, you know, I felt like it was a good, bad movie personally. Fair enough. I guess I'll give it to you. She also directed a movie called Girl Fight, which I've heard of, but I've never actually seen with Michelle yeah, Rodriguez. Same. I've never been a huge Michelle Rodriguez fan. She's not, she's not a terrible actress, but she's not a terribly good actress either. So I generally give her a miss unless there's something else compelling about the movie. It looks like a, a female version of Rocky. I'm down. I'm going to watch it. That sounds fun. Anyways, so check out some Karen Kasama movies. She seems to not suck too bad. Unless you just watch this, and then she sucks real bad. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Underwhelming. I I wouldn't even... 
I wouldn't classify it as straight up terrible. It's just unremarkable. Like, I kind of thought it was intriguing when all of a sudden, like, the mailman was asking her out this this day, and then the next day he shows up and he's like, oh, your son is, like, special. Ah, and he gets all weird. And I kind of enjoyed everybody, like, being in on the whole thing, and that was kind of fun. Yeah, that yeah. was another thing that I felt like didn't get a chance to breathe. No. That whole concept. No, right? It just, it's... Got, it just got rushed past, and it was all hanging on the performance of a kid who was not doing a good job. He was not compelling. He wasn't charming. I think what you want out of an Antichrist type character is for them to have that that traditional Antichrist charm, you know? There should be something compelling about them. Either their look or their manner. There needs to be something that you look at them and they just kind of grab you, you know? Like there's there's a certain type of person that you meet from time to time. You don't meet them a lot, but I have to imagine they'd be more common in a place like Hollywood because, but at the same time, I suppose they would be the, they would probably fall among the higher paid actors just because of this quality. There's a certain kind of person who, when you meet them, they, they just walk into a room and sort of command it. Like Catherine Zeta Jones is Charlie in high fidelity. You know, she walks into a room and just immediately commands the room. Catherine Zeta Jones in general, I think. Yeah, that's true. And that's why she works so well for that yeah. character is because she's one of those people who, yeah, like if you walked into a room with Catherine Zeta-Jones, you wouldn't be able to take your eyes off her. And it's not just because she's hot. There's something beyond just hotness there. And that's what you want in an Antichrist character, because how are they supposed? I like that's the whole premise of an Antichrist, right, is they're going to grow up and they're going to change the world. And, you know, they're going to they're going to, you know, they're an Antichrist. Christ was a very compelling character. They should be a very compelling character, too. But apparently that's hard. Yeah, yeah, writing and casting a compelling character is difficult, and I don't know, they shit the bed on that one, and if you're going to tell an Antichrist story and the Antichrist character isn't interesting, I'm out. My big like, question is why did he start to like get big, long, like dirty fingernails and toenails? Like that's never happened. And one of these, like, what does that have to do with <laughs> being Satan's son? Are we like, what? I don't get it. Well, I think if we're going with the, you know, with the traditional concept of the devil, you know, as uh, you know, like a, like a monster, you mean the rather ones than is the, the ones that the Catholics made up so they could, so they could disparage the Jewish population. I, I don't know the history of that and stuff but you know whatever you whatever the case is if you're going with like the monstrous definition of the devil then uh yeah you know i i could see it making sense you know the idea of him like that wasn't the part i had trouble swallowing the part i had trouble swallowing was him being an antichrist character because he is just not interesting i'm not even compelled to talk about him anymore fuck this kid except the ending like <laughs> the ending like they the mom and the son like hug each other and it says here on uh, Wikipedia it says the two hold each other tight as their bones crack and blood seeps from their noses and mouths until they die from Satan's assault was that clear anywhere oh no it was not clear. I mean, I got the idea that it was the devil, you know, doing something to them, but what exactly happened was not clear. Although it was clear that they were dead at the end. You know? Yeah, yeah, I could. I, I, I picked that part up. Which honestly, again, uncompelling. You want to make an interesting scenario. Show me how they got out of that situation. That would be interesting, you know? No, nah, that takes too long. That might be part of the reason it felt uncompelling, that it felt low effort. You know, I don't know. You know what? I was talking about the motherfucker who put that lady... Melanie Linsky in a movie where I could hear her real accent and guess what he's the singing fucking panda no shit same <laughs> yeah. guy yeah Joe Swanberg <laughs> is his name oh we talked about him yeah. he, he played the uh 
He played the husband who gets murdered in VHS. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Oh, man. This motherfucker just keeps on popping up. Goddamn. We've talked about him on both of our anthology episodes for the last two years. Fuck this guy. You know what? If we ever do, if we ever talk about the sacrament, we'll have to talk about him again because he's in that movie, too. The sacrament. Is that the uh, the possessed priest one? No, that's the one where it's essentially Jonestown, only it's not. Well, maybe I'm confused about what it's about. But yeah, I'm, it's a Ty, I, it's a Ty West movie I'm thinking of. I just I must have gotten confused about the plot. Yeah, Ty West has his moments. <laughs> I don't know. His segment in uh, ABCs of Death was strangely uninteresting to me. Well, that's kind of a bummer because he's such a... Trigger Man wasn't that good, but... Did not see Trigger Man. I've seen House, House of the Devil, which was fantastic. The Innkeepers, which was damn good. And uh, shit, what else did I see? I saw one other thing that he directed. Um, Have you seen the sequel to Cabin Fever? Have you seen Cabin Fever? fever too no did he direct it yes oh we talked about that how um how it got taken out of his hands yeah it's another it's another like what one two million dollar movie and the studio's like nope we don't want to do that i'm like it's fucking a million dollars you can sacrifice that you're lying it's got it's got fucking name recognition it's definitely going to make its money back yeah let ty west do what the fuck he wants he he's good at it i i do i do pull a line from that movie a lot though which is this one dude uh gets a call from the cops or like no winston deputy winston shows up again and the guy's like oh she said she was 18 i always believe what children say That's a good fucking line. Which, that is fucking awful, but it is so goddamn funny for some reason. And it also it also helps that it's like the guy who delivers it to. I don't know his name, but he's one of those guys. Oh You'll see him God. in stuff and be like, oh, it's that guy. It's just the right kind of wrong and hilarious that. Oh, that's why it's fucking it's fucking Mark Borchard. Mark Borchardt says that line. Of yeah. course, Mark Borchardt says that line. Yes. Oh, God, I love that dude. Mike Keyring has a quote from him on it. Of course it does. You would. Oh, man. Did I tell did I tell you with my ex-girlfriend? She was like Mark Borchardt's biggest fan. And uh, I actually was look when we broke up i was actually looking into hiring him to do the proposal <laughs> that's awesome like I, w- I was getting ready to propose to her when we broke up that's how kind of out of nowhere it came we should get him on the show oh god that would be fucking awesome we we wouldn't even have to say shit he's the funniest goddamn motherfucker <laughs> in him he's literally he's living jay that's what he is oh, he's no. real world jay oh man see see what happens when we talk about a shitty movie we always end up talking about something else have you seen american movie i haven't i've been trying to find it but i i'm to have to just buy it because i can't fucking find it it's anymore. my it's my favorite documentary it it's fucking unbelievably good everybody who's listening to this right now should immediately buy a copy of american movie it's fantastic 10 out of 10 the angry video game nerd did a like uh, a top 10 movies about making movies and i think that was his number one with the exception of some narrative movies about making movies yes it absolutely deserves to be number one into oblivion i believe the steve Buscemi movie he threw on there which is one that i've never i've never seen seen that i've never even heard of it before now it's called living in oblivion okay there we go okay still haven't heard of it it's on hulu apparently i'll have to check it out i like steve buscemi everybody likes buscemi that's that's just not even fair you're not allowed to say you don't like him otherwise you know you might get fucking murdered or something next time let's pick a good one instead (laughs) dude they can't all be winners man if we're gonna if we're gonna take a chance and watch something new you're eventually gonna watch piece of shit which is pretty much what happened this time i don't know i'm not gonna call it a piece of shit it's not a piece of shit it's just it felt low effort and it was underwhelming i expected better yeah yeah me too me too i i wanted to like it it really makes me look forward to next week though because holy shit i want to watch a good movie 
next time? What are we doing next week? We're doing... Uh, the Thing. I'm looking forward to that, too. I'm not going to say... Nah, I'm going to say, fuck this movie. You don't need to watch it. No, I, I'm not going to say, fuck the movie out of hand, but <laughs> yeah. you don't need to watch it. It's not... I don't know. Like, it's not doing anybody any favors. I feel like, if anything, this is dragging down the cause of uh, female filmmakers because they're capable of better than this. And this is... There are some genuinely great female filmmakers out there and this movie does not showcase that level of skill yeah uh check out some of the vhs movies they're not the best either and they they, it's very divisive half the people like people like half like them or or hate them you know i thought vhs was pretty cool i still haven't watched the other ones but we're still supporting somebody who worked on this film by watching those movies so it's okay there you go and uh you know karen kasama go check out some of her movies go you know go watch jennifer's body man give that give that movie some love yeah i definitely want to check that one out because like i said i've heard a lot of people say that it uh it didn't deserve all the bad press yeah and i it it doesn't uh, you know you know what a lot of it was Ooh, megan fox yeah i can understand being on the megan fox hate drain because megan fox was a little too big for her britches at that moment yeah. like like don't get me wrong she's she's a very beautiful woman and it's not like she's utterly devoid of talent she's not but she was fucking everywhere right then and it's <laughs> just true. like all right dial it back we don't need that much megan fox in our lives yeah and she never bothered me not not just because she was hot but like i just didn't care enough i just immediately get turned off to anybody when they're shoved in my face that often you know like and she was just fucking everywhere not her fault you know she's an attractive woman who was in a massive box office success so of course you know people are gonna people are gonna put her in everything that they can get her in and she's a professional she's out there trying to make a living as an actress of course she's going to be taking jobs left and right when they're being thrown at her who wouldn't in her position she was also on two and a half men no kidding look at that bringing it back Connected the dots nobody knew needed connecting. Okay, I can do the six degrees of separation bullshit. I can, I can do it. Anyways, are we done? I'm fu- I'm kind of done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of disappointed. I, you know, I'll keep an open mind. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll sit down one of these days and watch it again and be like, holy shit, I was completely wrong. I don't think you'll do that. I won't. <laughs> But you, but I would recommend rewatching the birthday party just by itself and kind of walk in thinking, okay, let's look at this as a comedy. I don't know. Maybe it'll never work for you just because like you said, you know, you can't handle that level of cynicism. I get that. I used to be able to. Oh, you're you're evolving as a person, whereas I'm devolving as a person. Five years ago, I would have thought that was funny as fuck, dude. Seriously. (laughs) You're becoming a better man and I'm becoming a worse. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's a good thing. Oh, God. Probably is. It probably is. You're becoming less cynical for the right reasons, if nothing else. I mean, yeah, you should listen to the you should listen to some of the music I listen to now. Like I stopped listening to all this, like every depressing music, every depressing song I'd ever heard. I'm like, I don't want to listen to that anymore. I kind of want to I just want to listen to Glory Hammer and the guy new band uh wizard throne when they record their first album i'm very excited <laughs> yeah i i like wizard throne better than glory hammer as a as the name of the band i'm i'm psyched man I, it's got it's got the guitar player from glory hammer and then like a bunch of other power metal guys all together so it's gonna be it's gonna be some stuff well i'm sure you'll play me some so i'll uh, i'll get a chance to hear it. oh yeah and you'll be like yeah fuck that i don't like it probably you know me <laughs> At least you try, but you you know I'm a Cynical. fan. I'm a fan of the big. I call them big gaudy melodies because that's pretty much what power metal is. Yeah, I mean that's the same way I like Meatloaf. You know, I liked Meatloaf until I f- found out how big of a prick he was. I'm sure he probably is, but I just <sighs> love his music. What can I say? I can't. I can't do it, man. I used to think these people were cool, and then they're like, you know, you should listen to your president, and that that. that <laughs> I'm off the meatloaf train. 
I was I was so disappointed when when he did that when he did that fucking oh Jesus whatever it was I can't remember it was yeah what was that douchebag's name the one who ran against Obama for set for his second term why the fuck can't I remember his name I'll tell you why because I've blocked it out because I'm so I'm so fucking over everything political right now that I'm just like I don't even want to think about it let's wrap up the actual episode and I'm gonna pretend like we didn't just talk politics for like 10 minutes so hey don't bother watching XX we watched it for you so you don't have to if you're curious don't watch something good like trick or treat that's i mean give it 15 minutes if you want to but it's 15 minutes you're gonna waste girl power and all that shit but there's i there's better movies yeah i'm still a a staunch supporter of female directors but this definitely uh this definitely took the wind out of me a little bit but i'll I'll get it back i'll get it back we'll get it back next week when we when we talk about an awesome fucking movie (laughs) an awesome fucking movie that had literally nothing to do with women there was not a woman on in the movie or on the set was there really no women on the set either there was there was a woman on set for the first week and then she left to go do something else and that was it (laughs) after that it was just a sausage fest that's awesome (laughs) i i love it so we're going in the exact opposite direction next week exact opposite i love it i didn't even i didn't do that on purpose i picked the thing before you picked xx so i have to break into my pretty scream factory steelbook so i'm so jealous of that steelbook it's so nice it's gorgeous i don't even have a blu-ray of it i have it on hd dvd so that's what i'm watching it on god you're such a nerd with your hd dvd shit You have any? You have any more dead formats? Yes, you do. You have Laserdisc. You have a ton. Yes. Of do you have any? Betas? I have Laserdisc, VHS. I used to have a Betamax cassette. I'm not a hundred percent sure if I still have it or not. Do you have an eight track player too? I do have an eight track player. You it, did. It, I knew. I don't know. I don't know if it works or not. It because it's part of like a an all in one unit from the 70s, and uh, I can't get the thing to work. Do you have an Atari? I don't have an Atari. Okay. I've never really been. Although I do have one of those. Uh, one of those like four game. You know, like it's just the controller and oh, you plug yeah. it straight into the TV. Yeah, those are cool. Uh, with four Atari games, but I got that for my son. I don't play it. I was never an Atari fan. I don't really like Atari that much. It's like I, I like them simple sometimes, but that's a little too simple. Yeah, the only thing I liked on Atari that I, I really got enthusiastic about was Pac Man. And even though their port was shit, it's it's Pac Man. Yeah, Pac Man's good. Pac Man's good stuff. Anyways, we're going off topic again. <laughs> We can't wrap this fucking thing <laughs> up. So here we go. We'll definitely be back next week with something with something a little more interesting. It might even be more fun. Anyways, are you reading anything else that's good this uh, week? No, I haven't had a ch- I haven't had a chance between just my general state of misery and uh, <laughs> things I've had to do around the house. I haven't been taking walks, and taking walks is my listening to audiobooks time. So I'm not on anything new. But you can still go to audibletrial.com forward slash sharks across Hollywood and sign up for a free trial to support the show if you sign up you get a free book of your choice from their extensive library and it's yours to keep even if you decide not to continue your membership audibletrial.com forward slash sharks across hollywood since we're doing the thing next week i'm gonna start reading who goes there but i i only have the short story version it looks like there is an audiobook so i assume maybe that there might be on audible i didn't see it on there but who knows You know, um, go get who goes there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it because what's the name of the collection? It is who goes there. The novella that formed the basis of the thing. Oh, does it come with any other stories? I don't think so. 
Maybe. Oh, well, it's probably pretty cheap then. I wouldn't spend my free credit on it. I would, uh, if you're going for something that's like, you know, single short story, they're usually like 99 cents to a dollar. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend my free credit on that. I save my credits for, uh, for the higher price stuff that I know I'm getting good value out of. Who goes there? Go after it. Audibletrial.com slash Sharks Across Hollywood. And how about some social media? There's some social media that you can go to if you want to see me in my underwear or whatever that's not really true i don't really post pictures of myself because i'm ugly and you would never come back whoa 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 i think you just made a promise that your (laughs) underwear needs to keep all right well if we get if we get uh 10 new followers on instagram i'll post a picture of me in my underpants you heard it people 10 new followers on instagram at the shark pod everywhere at the shark pod oh i guess you know what? if we get 10 new followers on anything i'll fucking i'll take a picture in my underpants and maybe my hand will be down it i don't know it just it depends on how i'm feeling that day and along with that if you want to give us some money if we if we if we reach like what a hundred dollars i'll show you my butt i'll put it i'll put it on facebook for the world to see you can also go to onlyfans.com forward slash oh, <laughs> i'm i am halfway there i am halfway there <laughs> Because I hate my job and I'm kind of willing to do some weird shit to get out of it. Get us up there. Teehee. Uh, Patreon.com slash Sharks Across Hollywood. Patreon.com slash Sharks Across Hollywood. It all kind of ran together when I said it the first time. So that was take two. And uh, we're working on some premium content right now. And hopefully it'll be out by the time this episode drops. This is very exciting. Give me money or go fuck yourself. Either way. (laughs) Why not both? (laughs) All right. So, hey, I think that about does it for this week. I cannot speak. It's getting to be an issue. I should probably stop talking. I will concur with you. I am (laughs) done with this week. (laughs) It fucking sucks. Uh, We'll be back next week where we will be talking about the thing, as we've stated a thousand fucking times in the past 20 minutes or so. But until then, stay jossom. (laughs) 